right, y'all. Welcome back to the Chrysalis. Yay! And this is actually another Moment With Me episode. Um, so welcome to a Moment With Me Part 2. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Um, it's been an interesting couple weeks, y'all. So um, I thank you for hanging tight in terms of waiting for my episodes. Um, I've been really busy, so I've been trying to balance like taking care of myself and taking care of like my homework and taking care of this. <laughs> so um, my schedule's been cleared up quite a bit. So here I am, and I'm happy to be here. Um, but today I want to talk about forgiveness. Um, this is something that's been on my mind lately over the past few um, weeks, especially my notions of it have changed a lot in the past few years in general, but very much over the past couple weeks. And um, this program has been giving me a lot to meditate on and uh, been giving me new coping mechanisms. Like I'm, I'm thankful for it, the good and the bad. Um, and yes, yeah, so I just want to talk about this notion of what we expect of people in terms of forgiveness and uh, specifically what we expect of women. And I want to read an article to you all. Um, so this is an article written by a woman named Sophie King. It's on medium.com and it is titled how the concept of forgiveness is used to gaslight women <laughs> loaded. I know. All right. I'm not against the concept of forgiveness. I've chosen to forgive people countless times. However, what I am definitely against is pressuring people to forgive and shaming them if they don't. I've found there's a lot of stigma attached to those who choose not to forgive, especially if you're a woman. Women that don't forgive are assumed to be scorned, bitter, and twisted. The, scary, the stereotypes excuse me, that surround unforgiving women are used to gaslight them. When women express that they're upset or angry, and justifiably so, as a result of being hurt, people dismiss them as bitter and the validity of their feelings and experiences are questioned. She isn't psychologically traumatized because she's been wronged. She's just a scorned woman, got an axe to grind, holding a grudge, and unable to move on. The fault lies with her, not the perpetrator, because she won't let it go and get over it. She's not the victim. She's bringing it on herself by not forgiving. The blame is shifted from the wrongdoer to the victim. Drink some water. People assert she isn't understandably angry and hurt. She's overreacting. Irrational, crazy, psycho, too sensitive. She's making something out of nothing. She's being petty, creating drama. She doesn't want justice. She's out for revenge. Labeling a woman bitter is like calling them crazy. It's just another way to dismiss their feelings and whatever has happened to them as all in their head. Her feelings and experiences are just irrational and paranoid delusions of a bitter and crazy woman, not the reality of how women are mistreated every day all over the world. Men often use the status of an unforgiving woman to avoid accountability for their actions by disregarding whatever women accuse them of, by saying they're just bitter. What he did was wrong, but she's wrong, but she's worse, excuse me, for not being the better person and forgiving him. No one wants the reputation of being a bitter woman, so this manipulates women into keeping silent, and the perpetrator remains protected, and their behavior remains unchallenged. In the past, when I've chosen to forgive, I've cho and I've chosen not to, in both instances, it was for my own benefit, on my own terms, and my personal choice. Contrary to popular belief, I didn't end up a bitter and twisted woman for the times I didn't forgive. In fact, I found it empowered me to draw the line, my line, of what I deem forgivable to protect myself. I don't know anyone forgiveness, and I won't be shamed if I don't forgive. Instead of telling someone they should forgive, tell the perpetrator not to do unforgivable things. 
I'll read that one more time. Instead of telling someone they should forgive, tell the perpetrator not to do unforgivable things. Instead of assuming women that don't forgive are scorned, listen to them. And that's that. Thank you, Sophie King. I will post the link um, to this article in uh, the description. And as far as I know, this is a cis woman's experience, but I'm sure a lot of us can relate. I think that it's something a lot of um, gender queer and femme folk go through in terms of being gaslighted, especially if you um, are of color or black. Um, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> I really enjoyed that article. It really spoke to me. Um, this notion of letting people not forgive if they don't want to because some people just aren't ready and that's their business. Like, it's not your job to tell someone when they should be ready to forgive a traumatic thing that has happened to them. Um, so yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that. And also a lot of the time in my experience, it's just generally hard to process what's even happened in the beginning. Like, how can you forgive something that you don't even, (laughs) you don't even understand. You don't even really understand how it happened, what happened, like, if it was wrong or not, how it was wrong, like, it's, it's hard for people to process that sometimes, so why should we rush them into trying to move past it when they haven't even worked through it, um, yeah, and for me, the definition of forgiveness is, is it festering inside of me anymore, if the answer to that is no, then it's forgiven, because, if I hold something, if I carry it with me like that wherever I go and it just makes me angrier and angrier, I haven't forgiven you. Like, I don't have to. Forgiveness to me doesn't look like a hug and now we're friends again. It doesn't have to look like um, even an ap- like telling someone that you forgive them or getting an apology. Like, it just, to me, forgiveness is an individual experience. It's internal very much so for me. Um, so as soon as I've made that internal peace with the situation, it's forgiven. But if I, just because I don't forgive you, doesn't mean I haven't made internal peace, if that makes sense. Um, at the end of the day, it's always about me finding my balance because if you've been wronged, you got to worry about what's best for you. Um, especially if it puts you in harm's way mentally or physically, you know? So, um, for me, if it's not festering, it's gone. (laughs) Um, but that doesn't mean it's forgiven, if that makes sense, y'all. So, yeah. Um, and also just this notion of how to, who, how to move past and draw boundaries between yourself and people that are toxic, but are very much a part of your intimate circle, like family and really close friends and like even, even significant others, you know, um, and mentors, things like that. Like, how do you, how do you safely draw that boundary or that stereotypical boundary of forgiveness like oh this happened to me can you apologize blah 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 sometimes you just have to move past it and you don't get that conversation or you have to make that peace within yourself and you you can't even afford that conversation because (laughs) it may not go the way that it needs to um you know what I'm saying that's up to you to decide but it doesn't always look the same as just what I'm trying to get at um and then also how to healthily move forward if you're not ready to forgive. Like, I agree with that. Sometimes things just hurt too much for you to even think about 
it being something that's forgivable and you can very much feel that way and not let it bother you moving forward you know what I'm saying like it's just like okay you did this to me I don't forgive you actually I don't want anything bad to happen to you but I don't actually forgive you for this and I don't really want you in my space that's valid um (laughs) so stop telling people they can't set boundaries that way you know um and why would you wish for someone to get over such traumatic violence anyway like why again like like what Sophie said (laughs) stop telling the victim what they should do and tell the perpetrator not to do violent things you know what I mean um stop worrying about how people work through things like that and actually get to the heart of where the issue stemmed from um and then um yeah I think that's that's pretty much all I was feeling today y'all um I've been drawing more boundaries for myself just to keep myself safe. Um, You know, we've discussed how things affect me um, on a grander scale than most. Um, So I have to be careful. Um, But now I want to move into a little Q&A here. Um, All right. So this is for my friend Maddie McCabe, by the way. We do the Stella Adler uh, self-generated theater intensive together. She's wonderful. She is wise beyond her years. Um, I will tag her Instagram in the description, okay? So have a look at that and follow her. Um, Okay, so (laughs) she says, I don't know. This is definitely just more of a topic than a question. Maybe you could speak to female beauty, where that comes from, and how those conventions affect us as children and adolescents and then as adults. I don't know. It just popped in my head literally as I was laying in bed. Hope this helps. Good night. (laughs) Thank you, Maddie. I appreciate that. This is definitely a whole episode, um, but I will briefly talk on that. Um, So I just want to say, like, from my experience, I think I've noticed the pattern of obviously what children see in childhood. Oftentimes they mimic like that's how you learn to do things. You see your parents do it. And you're like, oh, is that the right thing to do? Cool, I'll do that too. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Not always, but most of the time we learn from our environment. Excuse me, I had to take some water. But um, yeah, we learn from our environment. So I, growing up, had many women in my life, but not many women that wore makeup uh, frequently. So I didn't really have as much of a connection to makeup as most other women that I was surrounded by had. Um... Yeah, and that's just one thing. Not every woman wears makeup. My mom didn't really wear makeup. She still doesn't. My grandma doesn't. Like, my other grandma don't. She dabbles here and there. But my Aunt Lisa was the one who really, like, was always beating her face. Like, (laughs) it was so fascinating to me. And I would often sit there and watch her um, do what she did. And, like, I was always amazed by the transformation that, like, transpired from some powder and stuff going on your face. Like, I was like, wow, she really looks different. Like, I didn't recognize her. And there was something in that, I think, that kept, like, I don't like foundation because I feel like I don't recognize myself when I'm done. I wear it if I have to. Like, sometimes I'll put something under my eyes. Sometimes I'll put, like, a really light layer. Shout out Fenty Beauty Pro Filter. Um, (laughs) But sometimes I'll put, like, a light layer here and there, but I don't really like to do full face all the time. Um, If I do full face, like, it's a special night. (laughs) You know, that's once in a blue moon, but... I mostly use highlighter on, like, my eyelids, my cheekbones, like, a simple gold highlighter. Again, Fenty Beauty Rum, uh, Rum Matchstick. You should get it. It's I've had it for months, and it's still going strong. I use it almost every day. 
Um, I put some on my cheekbones. I put some on my nose. Sometimes my chin, maybe my cupid's bow, but mostly on my eyes and cheekbones. And then I'll use some mascara. Occasionally I do a light lip, but I don't really like to do lip if I have done eyes. So I like to balance it out a little bit. But again, like we form our own habits, but we do initially learn from childhood. So I think that it has to do with how we're socialized. Um, Now, women come in all shapes and sizes, though. So it's like it's shifting now and I'm really grateful that it is because I identify as someone who likes to lean into my masculine side you know like I very much love being a woman but I'm not afraid to look androgynous or uh things like that so personally it just has to do my habits have to do with my gender expression but um I think it's very much something you're taught um but then it's also like always up to you what you choose to do with that and I think I'm gonna save some juice and that's just my cis POV like it's different for um women who are genderqueer or women who you know identify with the uh, spectrum or who are trans so you know that's just speaking from what I know and yeah I want to save some juice on that topic Maddie but I thank you so much for submitting that um all right y'all that's uh that's about it thank you so much for joining me today i really appreciate it thank y'all so much for listening uh yeah enjoy your weekend okay have a good one all right y'all thank you so much for joining me today please keep writing in keep sending your questions all of that stuff okay i really appreciate it um dm me at finice alex on instagram um yeah enjoy your weekend okay you got it this week is gonna be okay Drunk text in the recess, yeah, yeah, the nigga.